Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. And uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I, I need to let you know it's windy outside here in Maine. And why that's relevant is because wind and the Internet sometimes don't go hand in hand. I don't know why. But if we slow down or if our words lag or something like that, that's not us. It's the Internet being goofy here in Maine. So um, I just want to let you know that ahead of time. But hopefully everything will be fine. Um, I have Ann Maxwell here with me. How super cool is that? And we started the show kind of giggling. <laughs> We're still laughing. <laughs> it's all good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I'm just thrilled that you're here with us. And, you know, anytime we get a moment here on Best Ever You to do something for kids and families, we take it. Um, we say yes to anything that will help help other human beings out on this uh, on this planet. So, um we're blessed to have you with us and, um, and all of your experience. And we're going to talk today about topics that are, I don't know. It, it, well, isn't it autism month right now? I think it is. Um, it I is. saw a note yeah, here. Actually, yeah. So we're, yeah. we're timely. I saw a note that we, um, one of the lighthouses here in Maine is lit up blue for autism for the month. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and, but I don't know. Is your focus mostly on autism? Is it ADD? What What do you What do you want to talk well, about, or all of it? I'm happy to talk about um, whatever. I I co-authored a, a book called "Would You Teach a Fish to Climb a Tree?" A different take on kids with ADD, ADHD, OCD, and autism. Um, I co-authored it with the co-creators of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here, and. People at, when people ask me, why did you lump all those diagnoses together? My response is that they're, the kids with these labels are stigmatized by school systems, mental health practitioners, medical community, like pretty much everybody who would like people to be the same <laughs> and right. have a their sort of life goal, helping people become normal and be the same. And our, from our point of view, um, there's nothing actually wrong with these kids. They're just different. And all they do, all that's required really is different handling or different points of view about mm -hmm. them. But so that's why they're all together. So I'm happy to talk about any or all of them. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I was, I yeah. was kind of hinging going, okay, well, why, are they, why are they all lumped together? Um, usually people yeah. come on and they talk about one. And so that's, that's interesting because, yeah, good luck trying to make everybody normal. <laughs> know, How's that right? going so Everybody's far? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're just going to leave that one favorite. open, aren't we? <laughs> What'd you say? I said these kids are some of my favorites. Oh, the, they're I just the sparkling little ones, you know, that really don't fit in. And when they're given free reign and then some tools to figure out how to cope a little better, they really are. They're the 
they're the harbingers of the future, I think, you know? Oh, yeah, I, I do know. And I, I have a little bit of experience with my own brother. Um, d- different thing, my brother has fetal alcohol syndrome. And no, it's not from my mom or anything like that. Um, we yeah. adopted we adopted a child at birth and um, didn't know he had fetal alcohol syndrome. And he kept banging his head on the crib and hurting himself. And we're like, what's going on? And um, yeah. he was born cocaine addicted with fetal and fetal alcohol syndrome also. And um, my point in saying that to you is that he's genius. Um, yeah. Where people put him down at first and said, he'll never do this, 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 and this. My mom was like, yeah, watch how this unfolds. And um, he can do things that other people can't do. And so that's kind of where I'm coming at it from is, you know, helping people do things that maybe they might not normally do. And it seems like you have a knack for really fostering that. You know, can I tell you a story? One of of the favorite, one of my favorite kids um, is a little guy whose mom called me one day and I think he was, he was probably seven at the time and she called me and he's, she said, he does nothing but cry and throw tantrums all day long. Um, Can you help? And I said, absolutely. And then she called me back again and said, I have, I I had a stage four um, brain tumor that has, that I've been getting treatment for. And I said, okay, thanks for that. And then she called me back again and she said, he thinks he caused my cancer. And I said, cool. And so I met with her and she described to me the events um, of when her cancer was diagnosed, which was that in the middle of the night, one night, um, he was having a nightmare and he came into her room. And just as he reached her side, she started having a se- she started having seizures and Long story, he screamed, and long story short, her husband called 911. Ambulance came and took her away, and then the diagnosis was that she had um, this tumor, which she had been having radiation and whatever else, chemo for a couple of years, and the tumor had subsided substantially. And so I met with, I met with a little guy, and I just I asked him a lot of questions, and he was, he was, he's a skinny guy, he was curled in on sort of inside himself and stuff. And I said, I asked him questions and he was doing yes, no answers. And I said, I, I hear that you actually know a lot about stuff that other people may not know about. And he turned around and looked at me and I said, tell me about, can you tell me about that night? Cause it had come up. And he, so he described it in seven year old language that he had the nightmare and he went in and then he said, And then I touched my mom and I said, what happened then? And he said, she started doing things that I'd never seen her do before. And I said, what was that like for you? And he said, it was really scary. And I said, what did you do? And he said, I screamed. And I said, and then what happened? And he said, well, then my dad woke up because my dad sleeps really heavy. And I said, cool. And then what happened? And then he described the whole rest of it. And I just, after the description, I looked at him and I said, what if you really actually do know things that other people don't know? And what if you knew the exact right nightmare to have and the exact right time to have it and the exact right time to go into your mom's and dad's bedroom? I said, if you hadn't been there and you hadn't screamed, would your dad have woken up? And he said, no. And I said, cool. So what if, 
right? What if he yeah. actually knew the exact right thing? And and he, you could just see this, this wave of relief going through his body, and his body started. It's almost like it got meat on it, you know. And his mom brought him back the next week, and she said, "Can I talk to you?" And I said, "Yeah." She said, "We were at baseball practice for a brother for his brother last night, and he came over to me, and he said, Mom.' And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Miss Ann says I know things that nobody else knows." <laughs> she looked at her, and she of said, "Of course he did, right?" Said, yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) A confidence booster. I love it. Yep. I know. And 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 that story has no logical Ah. context. But these kids are super, 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 super aware. And they do know stuff and then they make themselves wrong for, for that. They figure there's something wrong, right? And it really one of the things that I love about working with these kids is presenting the flip side to them and to their parents. What if there's actually nothing wrong with them? And what if this is actually a strength that they have, like a capacity that other people may not have, right? Oh, it's, it's amazing what, what happens when you slow down and pay attention to another human being, like who needs people to slow down around them and really super hone in and pay attention to do that. Yeah. Twist it all around and say, "Whoa, wait a minute! No, no, you're actually right. super cool. <laughs> Hold on, right. you know, kind of thing. Right. Wait, right. the world got it wrong. Right. You're super cool. That's that's Gene Williams, our adult on on uh, with autism on BestEverYou.com. I was down in oh, Florida cool. for baseball, and one of our sons plays college baseball. And at the time, he was uh, like still in high school playing baseball, trying to get recruited and all this stuff. And it, we went down there and we sat in the McDonald's and had coffee. And she's like, I just want to warn you, like most people don't get me. And I'm like, well, for some reason, Jean, I do. <laughs> so I don't know what that means, but we're going to do awesome. cool stuff. But she makes Mandela. I think that's what it's called. Man, man, man I don't know what they are. Coolest things uh-huh. on Instagram. They're like, um, uh, rit- like rhythmic pictures that the colors uh-huh. all mat. What's that called? I don't know what that's called, but she does them. Mandalay? And is that like what that? is it? Mandalay? I, I don't know. Yeah, not, I just said it I'm wrong. Not. Yeah, I think I had the emphasis on the wrong syllable. But anyway, she's just got a genius about her where, you know, people don't stop and see it. She can write, she can talk, she can, I mean, it's super cool. And so I, I sometimes wonder um, what people are capable of when everybody's saying, yeah, you'll never do this and never do that. And it's like a challenge almost. Is that the real thing or most people like really hurting? Well, I, one of my favorite questions to ask, kids and also to ask their parents when they come up with these declarative statements about what they either can or can't do is, is that actually true? Right. And there's, it creates this space and you can just see their brain just right. Yeah. And then, and one of the, one of the things, one of the things that I actually do now is that if you tell somebody something it's not theirs right but if you ask them a question so that they can tap into whether it actually is true for them or not it's theirs forever like nobody can actually take that away from them Mm, I like that a lot right and so the question 
is that actually true for you opens up a door of possibilities other than whatever the declarative statement was. Uh-huh. And then the, the next question that I love asking is, so what do you know? What do you know about yourself? And what do you know about that? Or what do you know about that person? Or what do you know? 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 Because you know? kids, it, it seems as if in this world that we live in, kids are pretty much raised with a lot of declarative statements. You can do this. You can't do that. You're too old. You're too young. Right? You're too this. You're too that. But all these sort of rules <laughs> and regulations <laughs> which may or may yeah. not be true for kids. And, and what actually is true for one kid won't be true for another one, right? And so this sort of sameness deal doesn't, this normalizing, making them all the same doesn't actually work, especially with these guys. And so then when I, I find that when I ask them, so what do you know about this? They kind of perk up because when was the last time a kid was ever asked what they wouldn't you know? Right? There's mm-hmm. a difference between the kind of questions that I love to ask are questions that don't have a right or a wrong answer. They're, the questions are designed to create sort of the awareness or the sensitivity or the whatever to know what's actually true for them. So, is this mm-hmm. right? I, okay, so here's my favorite example What do you want for dinner? Is that a question or is that a statement with a question mark at the end of it? <laughs> every, every marriage for miles around just shuddered. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I just so, said that the other night. What do you want for dinner? There was silence. I'm like, well, what do you What do you want for dinner? It presupposes, A, that they're hungry, B, that they're going to eat, and C, that it's going to be in the form of dinner. Are you hungry is the question. I know. Are you hungry is a question. But you think about the explosions that occur in every household. When are you going to get your homework done? Boom. Off the Never. Go, right? <laughs> Do you, yeah, never since you asked me. Um, Do you have homework? That's a question. Yeah. Right? I love questions met with then, questions. What do you want for dinner? Well, what do you want for dinner? It's like, oh, man, you threw it back at me. (laughs) I don't want dinner. I'm not eating. I'm not hungry, right? But are you hungry opens up a whole bunch of different doors. And it doesn't mean that you have to to cook six different meals for all the six members of your family. But at least it opens up the conversation. Are you hungry? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cook this, that, and the other thing, Right. Okay, yep. I'm not hungry then. Okay. <laughs> Suit yourself. So I don't funny. Know how it works. You know what I mean? Thank you for the marriage counseling on the side here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, the no, marriage I completely... counseling part is when are you going to mow the lawn, right? That's... <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. Every question can be met with. For... I know. What are you going to do all the man stuff? <laughs> Never. We're about to go 21 years back here. At you. And it's funny. Yeah. What's for dinner? Whatever you're going to go buy and cook. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it, it's, it's accurate. But what did you say? I mean, but that's so, to bring it back to the kids for a second here, when getting, getting a little bit more serious, that's so true. How many kids do you know that actually get asked questions? I mean, I've tried really yeah. hard in this house because I know better to ask questions like, well, you know, but not like, when are you getting your homework done? Not those types, but you know, just a little right. bit more aware kind of thing, just cause I know a little better, but 
Um, wow. Yeah. Most kids are told what to <laughs> yeah. do, even in school. Yeah. And they're told Here's your, how to think yeah. and how to feel. Yeah. How to behave. And that there's a yeah. right way and a wrong way. Right. And, and yeah. when you're presented with something like that, which is one of the reasons that I love these kids, like my favorite kids were the ones whose moms would say, hey, you need to go do this, that. No, don't do that. Moms would say, don't do that. And they put their hands on their hips and go, watch me. And off they go, yeah. you know, like your only choice with a don't do that or you have to do this it is you either do it or you don't do it. Like either agree or you push back and you fight. Yeah. So if you function from this space of um, asking a question, then they get to tap into what whatever their response is and what, this may sound weird, but what future that creates, right? Yeah. Like one of the things, one of the things that I love about the, the work that I do is, is this idea, like what's your job as a parent? Well, there's right? a lot. I that, <laughs> yeah. I know. That just opened and up I a lot. That, I'm like, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. No, well, I ask that question and I get all these answers to be a guide, to, to correct, to tell them the right thing, to get them into college, to do whatever, right? To be a good yeah. mom or a good dad and a not bad mom and a not bad dad. But what if our job as parents is actually to teach our kids how to choose? And so how um, do you do that? You let them yeah, choose. Yeah, how do you do that? So you ask them a question. Okay, so I'm not going to do my homework. Okay, so what's going to happen tomorrow morning when you walk into school and you don't have your homework done? What's the teacher going to say? Probably nothing very good. <laughs> yeah, but you let them tap into like choice creates the thing about the thing the thing about this rules and regulations and especially these kids, these ADD, ADHD, OCD, and autistic kids. They don't, they don't particularly go for the rules and regulations that people throw at them, right? They really don't, and they'll push back really hard, and they're the ones that act out the biggest. And, like, you know, yeah. them are probably many of them are the most extroverted, pains in the neck for every teacher and every camp counselor and every, everybody that has a group of kids. These are the ones that are just like, no, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that, people forget to do about kids is to teach them that what you choose today actually creates your future. And instead what we do is we give them all these rules. You have to do this and then you have to do this and then you have to do this and you have to do this period and full stop. Right. And they're like, "Mm -mm, not doing that. But when you teach them to choose, okay, so if you don't do your homework, what's the teacher going to say? And your child may come back with, I don't care. It's like, okay. And then, you can talk to the teacher and say, you know, feel free to do whatever you want to do and if we're not doing his own work, you know. Right. But they I've need been to there, get I've done that. that. Yeah, choice creates. So if you don't clean up your room, your daddy told you that you had to clean up your room before you got home, what's he going to do? What's going to happen? What did he say? Oh, no. Well, yeah. You know, think about <laughs> it. What did he say? <laughs> And then, but the really key thing in all of this is to really not have a point of view, to stop judging yourself and to stop thinking there's something wrong with you if your kid makes a, quote, stupid choice. Mm, right? Because that's, that's yeah. how they learn. I mean, that's how they, like, how many times are you going to do the same thing over and over that really <laughs> stops your world? Like, probably not more than once. 
<laughs> unless you're doing yeah. it in retaliation, right? And then they, yeah, so. and then they are in a in a mode. You know, <laughs> right. oh, you give me so much to think about. <laughs> I'm mom of four boys, and they're 17, 19, 21, and 23 now. And they're still, oh you God. still learn things all the time with raising boys. But, um, you know, totally. it's, it's all, yeah, yeah, they're all two years apart. Totally. And, and um, you so mentioned different from girls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these guys are all different, too, because, um, yeah. One of the ways we kind of raise them, which, you know, maybe people don't do, do, I don't know, but we could see in them, they're each different. I mean, they're totally different kids. One, yeah. um, like one you could see was into baseball from a really young age. The other one you could see was mechanically engineer type, type of kid. The other one looked up at the sky all day long. He's about to graduate with a meteorology degree. The other one, you know, that kind of thing. The other <laughs> one has it. has a has such an abundant personality. He's so good with sales and buying and things like that. So, you know, they're they're all doing their thing. Um, and what we would sort of do is kind of put little things in front of them and and not. Um, Never force it, but just be like, hey, you know, there's a baseball camp at Boston College this week. You interested? Yeah, let's go, you know, kind of thing. But not like you have to go to the, you know, and like, you know what I mean? Like boss them around kind of stuff. So we would kind of see maybe what they were interested in and like throw something out there like, hey, Quinn, um, what do you, you know, he had to do a senior project and he was like, gosh, what should I do? And I'm like, my husband actually said this. He's like, well, you know, um, I don't see like any kind of weather station equipment on the high school. What do you think about putting a weather station on the high school? It's like, do I get to climb on the roof? <laughs> like, Probably, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. But that is that is that how you help kids with like anything, whether they've got autism or not? Does that, is that a helpful way to do things? Well, I would throw that back at you. How did it work? It's working out like, pretty well so have, far. Yeah. I mean, have, do your kids have a sense about who they are and what their gifts are and what, where they would like to go and be? And it's really almost like the kind of futures they would like to create for themselves. They're pretty clear, um, actually. Yeah. And um, and not you know, I've, we've raised them saying, you know, we love you no matter what, do what you want to do. <laughs> so, yep, that is and so like, the, cool. yeah. And like one of the kids, um, the one about to graduate with a meteorology degree, he's a phenomenal artist, and, but he won't touch it with a 10 yeah. foot pole. He's like, right. no, I'm good. Sometimes they have gifts and you can't do anything about it. You know, you're not going to sit yeah, him down and, and go, draw me a picture. You know, <laughs> no, I know. Right? <laughs> no, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> You're gonna draw now. No. <laughs> yeah. No, that'll no, go. I, the thing, I mean, think about yourself too, and about. I definitely am one of these. Was one of these kids, and any time, like my mom would tell this story about me when she said, when Anne discovered the meaning of the word no, it created purpose in her life. <laughs> right. Like anybody who says no to me, I'm like, watch this. Yeah. Are you there? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right here. I'm listening. 
Yeah, and, and so people are blowing up our phone lines. Sorry, I'm trying to oh, do ten things okay. at once. People have questions. Yeah, but yeah, no. When somebody sure. tells you not to do something, yeah, I can only imagine what Ann Maxwell does Good. when I say, "Yeah, well, don't do Hello. that." Yeah, I know, right? I was the original girl with a hip on her, with a hand on her hip, going, "Watch <laughs> me," right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but and and when you have kids like that, rather than order them around these are kids who are not particularly quote controllable by traditional standards like the behavioral interventions earning treats and rewards it may work once but it's nothing long term I mean they're not little automatons that you can just sort of go oh yeah I got this got this thing that really works for my kid and I do it all the time they're not like that so they'll do it if they feel like it and they won't if they don't and so I think part of teaching them, part of part of being their teacher, part of being their parent, part of being their whatever friend is really giving them the space to get, and they are super, super, super sensitive and super aware. What's that going to create, right? Choice creates. Kids, I know that sounds so weird, but kids really get it. When I say that to kids, they kind of look at me and I say, you know, when you choose something right now, you're creating something now and in 10 minutes and in an hour and in a week and in a month and in a year. But every choice that you make creates something. And yeah. so if you keep fighting your mom, what's that going to create? How are you guys doing? Not so good. Yeah. So do you want to create something different with her? Do you want to have a different deal with her? Well, I don't know. Okay. But if you had something different with your mom what would it look like and then they get to it and it's like okay so what can you do now that's going to lead in that direction and the thing here's the other thing I never have answers like like I just created that imaginary conversation and it may Mm -hmm. sound like I'm directing her in some specific direction I don't because it's different for every kid I just want my mom to shut up okay (laughs) (laughs) When she talks all the time, what are you doing? What's creating that? What's it going to take for her to be quiet? Or is your mom ever quiet? <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you in our <laughs> house? <laughs> to get him out of fight mode and into, like, asking a question, yeah. like, do I really want to do this again? Because the other yeah. thing about kids is that one of the things that I also say with all of them, and it doesn't matter what their diagnosis is, it doesn't matter how severe it is or how mild it is, you create your life, period, full stop. So if you don't like your life the way it is right now, what if there's nothing wrong with that? And if you could change it, what would you change? Like what would be different? And to get them into that, and they get out of the reaction, the, I'm a victim. It's like, "Mm, no, you're not actually a victim. You're a creator of all this stuff. So these are, you know, what I like about this conversation, too, and and what I like also is it applies to everyone, but, you know, these are bigger things applied to specific things. Um, And to get people out of the specifics of um, these, you know, um, know, specific – autism, specific OCD, specific ADHD, yeah. specific ADD. 
Um, you yeah. do have a lot of people, however, texting me. That's what that was, and asking me like super specific questions about what to do. You're getting the vaccine question. You're getting. Do you want to talk about things like that, or um, what do, do we that, do? I'm happy to. Yeah, I'm happy to cover the vaccine question right now, okay. like just generically. Autism um, is not caused by vaccinations. Full stop. There's no evidence that indicates that. And the thing about labeling autism as a disability or a disease or something that's caused by some external force what that does is it creates your child as being as having a defect or having something wrong with them that then has to be fixed. Like somehow the damage of the vaccination needs to be undone. Now, with true autism, vaccinations don't cause it. Full stop. Next paragraph. Sometimes vaccinations can cause autistic type characteristics in kids who are not autistic and who simply have some symptoms as a reaction to whatever the vaccination is. But I just really want to make that distinction really, really, really clear. Autism is not caused by vaccinations. And sometimes while the vaccination is in the child's system, or, and there are other things too, like lead, and I can't remember all the different things that, that can cause autistic-type symptoms. But once the body is ridded of them, the symptoms disappear. Okay? Yeah. Is that, am I yeah, like, no, totally that clear? I just, yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool, and, cool. Um, my, I have a question, and that's why do people with – I don't know what to call – again, this is my naiveness, and, and so fill in no, my no. gaps, please. No. But these aren't yeah. diseases. They're, what do people, what are they? They're, what's I, the, they're known, they're known far and wide as quote disabilities. And I, I hate view them actually as the flip side as really super abilities and capacities. So let's take ADD and ADHD as an example, right? Can I stop like you that, for one second? Yes. What, yeah, I yeah. just want you to add in. Why do people feel like they have a disease or they're disabled or they're when in truth, some of these things propel people forward? And I'm not saying everybody and so forth, but sometimes you get somebody with, you know, one of these things and they're phenomenal at something. Look at Richard Branson. I mean, some of the most magnificent creators on the planet have these characteristics the ability yeah. to extrapolate, the ability to create out of thin air, the ability to know futures. Elon Musk. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. These are people who are brilliant, who are different from other people. They're off the charts, and they do have these characteristics of being super sensitive, super aware, and they use them to create magnificently like way beyond people who could who don't have those same symptoms and or quote characteristics quote symptoms but they're not they're characteristics so for example with ADD and ADHD oh one of the things that school systems do is that they try to teach kids how to focus and concentrate no the gift 
of ADD and ADHD is that you can multitask and you can do way more things than other people can. And so with kids who have difficulty focusing and concentrating, they need to be given more things to do, not fewer. And when I heard that it presented to me as a, as a possibility, it's like, oh, my God, it made so much sense. I made, I'd made myself so wrong for so many years. Doesn't live up to her full potential. Never finishes what she starts, right? Like that kind of stuff. But on the flip side, I can do six or eight or ten things all at the same time, right? At the time, I was married, and I was my husband and I then husband and I were living in a house, and I and in the moment, I was cooking soup, doing laundry. I just come back from walking the <laughs> yep. dogs. I was on the phone. The TV was on, and I was checking the political lands. I mean. Like all that stuff, all at the same time, I was happy as a clam, right? If I had been, yeah. and any time I'm just given one thing to do, I don't do it. I never get it done. I stall, I go off. And so what I encourage parents of kids with ADD and ADHD to do is let them do all their homework at the same time. And if they want the TV on, that's fine. If they want their their headsets on, that's fine. They just need to get their homework done. But if they do other stuff in the meantime while they're doing their homework, cool. Yeah. I one of my kids is like, okay, so I'm going to get an A in this, but in order, you know, don't worry, but you're going to hear my radio on, me chewing gum, me sitting yeah, on my exactly. head, me running around exactly. the block. My, exactly. like, you go for it. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. I don't even care if you get an A. <laughs> you know, I know. Whatever. Exactly. And, get and a some C. Of the greatest, Surprise us. <laughs> some of the greatest Facebook postings, like my favorite, are the kids sitting in a chair upside down reading, you know, with their feet dangling up in the air over the top of the chair. It's like, hello, how else would you read yeah. Yeah. No, I have a kid okay, who got a so, really bad grade. In, oh, so go ahead, sir. No, go ahead. You got a really bad grade, what? Oh, uh, yeah. I have a kid, you know, most of my kids get, you know, pretty decent grades. And he's like, you know, he's like, oh, my God, you know, I'm getting a D in this. I'm like, yeah. And we all get them. So go for it. <laughs> you know, try and pull it up to a right. C minus, you know, whatever. You know, it's college. They're going to weed you out with certain stuff. You know, there's certain, you're not going to be good at everything. So enjoy the world. <laughs> you know? The like, other thing that I know, especially about these kids is they never fail unless it's something that they don't want to do. <laughs> Isn't that but the truth? That's, I wonder if that's universal. It, I think it probably is. Yeah. Right? Maybe. And so again, That's interesting. Okay, yeah. Another story. Another story. 12-year-old came in to see me. One of my other, I have so many kids that are like favorite kids. This is another one of them. <laughs> and a uh, championship um, football team. He's the quarterback and brilliant at math, like off the charts, brilliant at math. And he comes in, he's in the eighth grade by now. And he and his mom would always come in together. They both have their arms crossed and they're scowling at each other. And I said, what's up? And, he's, and his mom says, he's failing math. This is in October in his eighth grade. And I look at him and I go, failing math, what's up? Oh, the other thing is that if you fail a subject, you can't be on the, you can't play football. Right. <laughs> so I said, I said, what's the deal? And he said, my teacher hates me. And I said, really? Oh, we've had and that. He goes, yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. And I said, so can I ask you some questions about your teacher? And he goes, yes. And I said, so um, is your teacher teaching you the way you learn? And he goes, no. Nope. And I said, are, are you quicker than your teacher? And he goes, yes. 
Yeah. And I said, can your teacher keep up with you? And he goes, no. No. And I said, are you learning anyway in spite of your teacher teaching you in a way that you don't learn? And he goes, yeah, I could. And I said, okay, <laughs> got this cool. conversation, boy. Okay, keep going. Right? Yeah. I said, okay. yeah, yep. okay, cool. And I said, so, so do you want to pass math? And he sort of looked at me and I said, do you want to play football? And he goes, yes. And I said, okay, cool. So would you be willing? So what is it that your teacher wants from you? And he sort of shrugged his shoulders. And I said, does your teacher want to think that she's a good teacher and that the way that she knows she's a good teacher is because you're learning the way she teaches you? And he just stared at me. But you could see the relaxation start to happen. And I said, so what if you can pretend to be who your teacher wants you to be without actually becoming that? What if you can pretend to learn the way she's teaching you and then go ahead and learn the way you learn, but don't rub it in her face. Just let her think that she's a good teacher and that she's actually teaching you the way you learn. And he looked at me and he said, oh, and I said, here's the deal, Danny, do not ever become somebody that you're not to please somebody else, but you can always pretend to be that if that's something that's going to get you what you want. And he kind of looked at me and I, he said, can I do that? And I said, I don't know, can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you? <laughs> and that, that was sort of the end of the session. We talked about a lot of other stuff. His mom called me two weeks later. She said, oh my God, grades are back up again. And I said, how's he doing with a teacher? And she, he, she said, he doesn't like her any better, but he's quit fighting her at least. And I said, cool. That's, yeah, comply. That's what we've had this discussion twice in one of our kids' lifetimes with math in middle school and now high school. It's like, you know, yeah. Yeah. not everybody marches to your drum and teaches the way you're going to learn. And it's, it's uh, yeah, like I've, right now he's got, uh, uh, he can arrive at the answer, but he doesn't need to do the homework. And the teachers insist, uh, not the homework, the you know, how you have to but, spell it out, yeah, how you arrive at the work. answers to show your work. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like, I refuse to. I can see it. The answer is to. And I'm like, well, guess what? So many kids that, that are guess like what? Because they don't learn Comply. like that. They just get the answer. Yeah. 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 They want to know you didn't hold a nap over it and <laughs> arrive at the answer of two or whatever, you know. Because right. these days, you know, you can hold well, the math app right over it or whatever that's called. Oh, it I didn't know it. that. Well, yeah. one of the things, an, another thing that works for kids like that with math is to start from the answer and work backwards to the question. And sometimes they can get yeah. it that way. Yeah. yeah. Homework help, too. So we've had marriage advice, homework help, all sorts of yeah. stuff. Cool. <laughs> no, it's very oh helpful. You are, you are cool. That's, that's what's so awesome. And I want to make sure people um, know your website. I'm going to just spell this for everybody. Cool. It's Ann Maxwell. CSW.com. That's A N N E M A X W E L L C S W. No, no, it's three L's in a row. Oh. It's three L's in a row. Oh, three L's. Oh, I've got that wrong yeah. on here. O L C S W. Oh, yep. Thank you for catching that. I will fix no, that. Three L's in a row, and I and I'll put up a link, um, the correct link. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll fix that. I got cool. that wrong. Sorry, yeah, I'm glad we spelled that. <laughs> no worries. It is, it's the alphabet soup after my name. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. That's what LCSW stands for. And then Maxwell okay. has two L's in it. So it's three L's. Got it. Okay, so I will fix that. Um, cool. Can we talk about, here's a question we got. Um, what do I do? 
I have a child who is presenting symptoms of autism. Where do I go first? How old is the child? Oh, I don't have that. I just have that question. Uh, I probably can't. Well, I, probably what are can't. You lo- I guess my question back is what are you looking for? Yeah. I don't no, know. They're not like, live with us right now. It's just a question that came in to ask you. Okay, no, oh, ask her. Yeah. Those are, and if and if she wants to continue the conversation, there's a way for her to connect with me on my website. But the questions that I would ask her is, how old is your child? What have you been told? Um, and what are you what are you looking for? Are you looking, right? I mean, we've talked about so many things about so much of this. Um, reality or this world is about fixing these kids because there's something quote wrong with them so um, and then the different perspective that I have that Gary Dane and I share is that there really is nothing wrong with them they're just simply different you know the book that we wrote is called would you teach a fish to climb a tree a different take on kids with ADD ADHD OCD and autism and it comes from the quote of Albert Einstein which is, everybody is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. And so the question is, my child has symptoms of autism, where do I go? With that quote in mind, it opens up lots and lots and lots of different doors. And... Here's the deal. These kids are so different, and they do actually need tools that are different from the tools that other kids need in order to make their lives easier. You know what I mean? It's not like they're mm-hmm. perfect and everybody has to conform to them. No, there's, they're different, and they need to learn how to, like a lot of them don't know how to make friends. A lot of them don't know how to... Um, be with other people a lot of them like right they need to be taught sure. things i'm not i just want to say that too but yeah. not in a right and a wrong way but just to be given tools so that they their lives are easier and the lives of everybody around them are easier too you know yeah yeah you know and sometimes when you're in um <clears throat> sorry sometimes when you're in a role of caregiving in whatever uh context that you know take that that, you know, sometimes you're in a really heavy role of caregiving and sometimes it's a looser role of caregiving. But when somebody has um, something that needs a little bit more attention than the, than the average person, you can be in the mode of caregiving. With that right. said, um, sometimes I've noticed caregivers tend to treat the person in a way that's easiest for them to deal with the person rather than slowing down and um, taking the time to really um, I don't know if this, this is going to come out choppy, sorry, um, to foster the gifts that they have. In other words, <clears throat> they sort of like smooth over and go, yep, such and such has autism, blah, 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 blah. They're never going to do, 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 versus a caregiver really stopping and going, okay, you've, I've been told you're never going to tie your shoes. So guess what? We're going to work on that until those suckers are tied and you know how to do it. What is the how do you get pe- how do you get people is a bad sentence, but how do you get people to slow down and see this as a a positive versus like making it easy on themselves because somebody has a has a problem or a disability and so forth, and you just want to kind of like go, oh God, 
Okay. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes it sense does. or not. It does. No, it makes total <clears throat> sense. Fix, fix it my for response, me. <laughs> yeah. my, my response is if it weren't wrong or it weren't right, what would it be? It would just be, right? And so that we, when you talk about slowing down, the way I describe that is actually just being very present. Present. And when you're, when you're very present, you really have no point of view one way or the other. This is the right thing. This is the wrong thing. There are questions that you can ask. Like I'll, kids will go, well, I'm going to go do this. And it's like, okay, so, or blah, 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 blah. And I go, so how's it working for you? Not that you're wrong for doing it, but how's it working? Is it, is it getting you what you want to get, right? That, that was the thing with that, the kid with the math who hated the teacher. How's it working for you to fight her like that? Well, it's not, right? Yeah. So on a practical level, it's really, again, choice creates. It's teaching kids to choose. And what you want to do is teach them to choose what's actually going to work for them. And like you've been talking about with your, your four so different sons, what works for one may not probably doesn't work for the other three. Right? Yeah. Aside but from not, Snapchat, that right seems to work for all of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have okay. a Snapchat <laughs> brothers group. <laughs> that works for them. That's about the only thing. You're so funny. But, they're, you know, yeah. they're really cute, though. <clears throat> they follow each other, and they're really supportive of each other and stuff like that. But, yeah, they are Aww. totally different kids. It's it's totally cool. But, um, but how you did you meet? How unusual that is? Will you give yourself, you and your husband, will you give us yourself kudos for raising kids like that? I don't know if we will. Like That's that. a hard compliment <laughs> to take, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really just acknowledge it. I've had I, some really tired moments I, over the years. I'm going to take that, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Um, anyway, but you know, you mentioned Gary and Dane. I love them. Oh my goodness. They were, they (laughs) each did a radio. Uh, Unbelievable. They each took the time to come onto this radio show and hang out with me for an hour like this. And they're really interesting people. How did you meet them? Uh, Tell me that moment. That's got to be cool. you know, as a, I've been a therapist, um, I graduated in 1991 from graduate school of social work, and I, and I was licensed a couple of years later, and I've had a practice ever since. And so I met them 10 years ago, and I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of them. I wasn't looking for them. I, but one of the things as a therapist that I've always done is I'm always looking for tools and things that I can teach share with the parents and kids that I work with because my, my, one of the underlying premises of my practice is always that most change, like 99.9999% of change occurs outside the therapy room. Like I am nobody, I am, nobody is my retirement plan. (laughs) I figure the purpose of being a therapist is is to facilitate people getting up and out so they can be happier outside at school, at home, out in the community, wherever. Right. And so I was, I was looking for stuff and very long story, much shorter as I happened upon a facilitator of access consciousness who came to Denver, which is where I live. And I took the intro that she did and then she offered a class the next day, which I took. And then she offered another class that 
following two days that I, um, I took. And you know what? I never looked back. Like I never looked back. I long, a very long story, very short was that first class that I took is called access bars. And my body had hurt for so badly for so long that I, I probably would have been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis or fibromyalgia or something like that. Um, I'd had a really stressful for the last two years of, of my mom's life. And, um, and I'd stored all that, you know, you store all that stress and stuff in your body. And the first time I had quote my bars run, which is this non-invasive body process, I actually sat up for the first time in over a year without having to roll off the massage table. I used to have to roll out of bed in the morning to, in order to get out. I couldn't sit up. Wow. And I sat up, on, I sat up on the massage table, and the pain literally was completely gone from my body. And it made no logical sense to me. Somebody who was trained by some of the best and the brightest in the medical field and one of the best mm-hmm. social work schools in the country, like all that kind of stuff, and then there I was pain-free after this one 90-minute bar session. And so I did, I took every class I could get my hands on and I became a bar facilitator and I taught parents and kids um, uh, how to run bars and it changed my practice. Like it just changed my world. It, it, it doesn't make any logical sense. That Dr. Dane said in a video that I watched 10 years ago, probably, he said, you know, have you ever noticed how you can change what you say and change what you do and change how you say it and change how you do it? But if you don't change what's underneath it all, what's actually creating that, does anything ever really change? And that's something that the psycho, the psychiatrist, neurologists, like all the main, there's some brilliant people in the world of child psychiatry and child neurology and stuff like that. And they all agree on that. They all call it something different, but the difference between them and these tools is that these tools actually work. Like you actually can with these tools change the energy of whatever it is that's creating all this stuff that keeps you Mm -hmm. stuck. And I, like I said, I never look back. So I still use, the best of the best of the trainings that I had. I'm pretty eclectic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. the best of the best of this stuff. So I don't sure. know where we got off on that. You asked me about Gary and Dane and how I first met him. So that, and then the first class that I took with Gary, he said, what if there's nothing wrong with these kids? And I cried for yeah. three days, right? Like all these kids that from the residential treatment centers and my private practice and the hospitals that I've worked in and all that kind of stuff just went through my brain. Like there yeah. is nothing. And they're just, he said, what if they're just different? And it changed. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love him for that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think we're, we're feeling that, you know, if you're even slightly different, it's like, Oh, you're, something's wrong with you. You know, I always felt different than everybody, you know, and I'm the first to say it out loud. I'm like, I felt different from the second I was on the planet. You know, it's like, I just feel different. Sorry. I operate in a different mode and it's way in tune with you. You know, I get you the second you walk near me, you know, it's like, okay. And, and it's, and it's bizarre, but I have to be really careful with that. You know, it's like energy. I can feel your energy, whatever it is. And so, you know, I've always felt, felt different, but, um, and I, you know, you get sick of people telling you you're different or there's, you know, something wrong with you or whatever. And I, you know, no one wants to hear that. You want to hear what's right. 
and what's happy and the best parts of you and stuff like that. So if you if you have a moment to touch a life and help somebody feel their best, that's brilliant. So that's right. I just think that's cool right. and that's so different than you know <laughs> that's probably a different way to do therapy too to make somebody actually feel great rather than, I don't know how ther- I haven't sat in a lot of therapy in my life. But the one thing I said and I walked out on, <laughs> like, oh, you make me mad. I walked right out. I'm like, I'm not doing this. And kind of, kind of thing. You feel so bad, right? Yeah. I don't need to sit there and feel bad about myself. You know, I can do that yeah. on my own and not pay anybody. <laughs> you know, it's like, I know. really? <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> shut up. Shut no. up already. Yeah. Had, but I've anyway. Parents, parents who say that after one session with me, it created more change in their worlds than three or four or five years of weekly therapy oh, yeah. did. And, and then others would say, I didn't realize that you could laugh and get there. I thought that it had to be really serious hard work. It was like, well, not so much. You can still laugh with it. <laughs> Crazy well, yeah. going on. Well, you know, so. it was really funny, too, because I see that, you know, you encounter enough human beings a little bit, and you see the LCSW after somebody's name, and you go, oh, I hope they're funny. Oh, I hope they're funny. I hope they're not stupid. No, not stupid. Nobody's ever stupid. Oh, no, never stupid. Brilliant. But sometimes in a way, like when you're trying to do a radio show, it's like, oh, man. Um, So it's, you know, it's, it's cool to have, you know, your light. I, I love your light. I love your energy. And I think it's super cool because you're so open-minded and that just must be yeah. amazing for people. To, like I, you make me want to go sit with you in therapy. I mean, that'd be fun. That's oh a different God. creature on the so planet, good. Anne. There you go. There you go. And I just uh, to open doors for so many more different yeah. people on the planet. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask you, um, you, okay. I have two questions and one came up when you were yeah. talking about um, the bars. Is it uh-huh. um, a huge leap to say that program with the bars might help people with ADD, ADHD, OCD, and autism, like even kid age? Is that something that can fix stuff like that? Or is that a huge leap into no? It's not a, it's not a question of fixing people, but rather a question of creating more ease. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Yep. 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 Because people are always looking for a fix like a pill or, you know, a quick I know, fix. I know it, it, in my experience, it can create a ton more ease. And I've got anecdote after anecdote after anecdote. But I, I remember a dad whose five-year-old son was one of the, one of the rowdiest kids in kindergarten and just off the charts. I call these kids, they're like radio towers, right? They just pull in everybody's crap and they think it's their own and they just bounce off walls and do all that. And so the dad said he was coming downstairs ahead of school and he knew it was going to be a rough day and he was going to get a call from the principal probably within half an hour of the kid being in school. And he said to him, hey, can I do that thing on your head? And the kid goes, okay. And so he said he ran his bars for five, six, seven minutes or something something like that. And kid had a great day at school, like story after story after story after story. Kids in the middle of a tantrum, mommy, will you put your fingers on my head? Right? Yep. And then the tantrum dissipates. Like, yeah, I did. I did bars classes with, I had a huge practice in outside of Denver. 
and after I learned um, the bars, I would I had weekly no I had monthly bars classes for parents and kids for I don't know a year and a half two years something like that. It's awesome. Okay, super cool. So that yeah. that that's another tool in your toolbox, folks. If you're listening, um, you know, so give it a whirl. It's www.accessconsciousness.com, and then click on bars, and and you can find classes that are near you. There are okay. over six thousand facilitators in the world. So wow, all over the place. Yep. Okay, and then. Um, I love this because sometimes I felt like I was the only one on the planet to get down and actually play rescue heroes with all the kids. <laughs> but the key, <laughs> the keys to the keys to the magic, a play therapist handbook of family centered play therapy. Can you talk about that book a little bit? Cause I probably just made it into something it wasn't, but man, do I love to, I love kids toys. They are so much fun to play with magic castle are, and rescue heroes and Legos and, Oh, exactly. I wish they, I keep telling the Connect kids, I'm four. like, oh, blast. Total yep. blast. I never win at Othello. Cameron comes home from college every semester, and I, I'm left with one white piece on the board. It's <laughs> 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 like, you're so never going to win this, funny. Mom. But well, I was so much I was fun. Trained, I was trained as a play therapist. Traditionally, I was trained as a play therapist. And when I had my first, when I, even during the trainings and then uh, when I became licensed, this is the book that I wish that I had been given. It's like a book of, as a therapist, I'm actually, it's so cool that you're asking me a question about it because I'm going to redo it and um, call it something else and, and turn it into a book for anybody who works with kids, sort of like a, a handbook for how to approach kids in your practice, no matter what your practice is, whether it's therapy, whether it's medical practice, whether it's like, a, I don't know, whatever, however you work with kids. But, but that mm-hmm. was it. It's just a, a down and dirty um, list of suggestions and tools you can use to include and incorporate kids in your practice. And does it have to be like, um, you know, like, you know, here, Timmy, I'm going to play Connect Four with you and I'm going to analyze your, your every move the whole time you're playing. Can it just be, is it no, straightforward? Like, okay, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, he put it yeah, all the way over the left for a reason, you know, or something, you know, you're like, ah, <laughs> just want no. to play. Family centered play therapy is what my practice evolved into. Okay. And what's typical in the play therapy world is it is typically, Play therapy is for kids only, and parents are excluded. And then if they're included, they're included in a really prescriptive way. And family-centered play therapy is a form of play therapy, like I said, that my practice evolved into, where kids are in charge. And if their parents come into the room, if they're invited in the room, then they have to do what their kids tell them to. And so it it just, you know, one of the granddaddies, Gary Landreth, says, if um, if toys are words, then play is language, or the other way around. I can't remember. But I teach parents the language of kids, and I teach kids the language of parents. Oh, that's awesome. For anybody Different listening, and- um, hang on. For anybody listening live, we're going to cut off in about 30 seconds, but the show is going to go into record mode. So if you do get cut off from listening to us, 
you can click replay and go to the last um, part of the show to listen, unless you're dialed in, which you can still hear us. Okay, keep going, and then we'll we'll finish up. Cool. I kept you for the full hour. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, so, so that's that's what that handbook is, and so I, I I haven't actually looked at it for a while, but I have a friend who told me that I should really um, update it and redo it and stuff like that. That's where I was seven years ago when the book was first published. Mm-hmm. Um, which is awesome, and I'm going to repurpose it. I'm going to keep that one as it is and then also repurpose, and I have a different title for the next book. And, you know, within a couple of months, I'm hoping to have it. So. Yeah, that's cool. That would even be a great book as you're talking out loud. I, I was thinking that that would be a cool book for parents even, not just for therapists to use in their practice, but yep. just for parents, like play therapy. Yep. How do I, you know, I've got I've got this three-year-old. What do I do instead of, you know, bossing them around and telling them no every 10 seconds, you know, I'm, uh, Hot Wheels cars are my thing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so much fun with, with toys and stuff. We just had so much yeah. fun. I, I always tell the kids, I'm like, oh, I need you guys to back it up 10 years so we can just go play Rescue Heroes. They're like, no, I'm leaving, Mom. i got to go to work. So much fun. Like, Bye. You know? Bye. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that cool. sounds. It's, I haven't read that book, but that one sounds like a cool book, um, yeah, for sure. So, well, thanks yeah. for asking the question. You just inspired me to create something even different. So, thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm stuck on my own book a little bit right now. I'm a I'm an author with Hay House, and I have this book Percolate. Let your best self filter through. And um, oh, cool. you know how well you know how it goes when you don't sell enough books. You're like, oh man, they want me to sell more books, and I'm like, ah. Uh. What I really want to do is sort of repurpose it. My father was a huge part of the book, and he passed away in October. And I want to con- kind of keep going with some of the stories that I learned from him as he was so sick in the last, you know, in the last years of his life and so forth, and my mom and yeah. and, and so forth. And um, so I don't know. <laughs> It's like, oh, so as you were talking, I'm, you know, you get really inspired to, as you said, I've got a new book I'm writing. I'm like, yeah, I need to do that too. <laughs> I love, books are so cool when people, I yeah. love people yeah. who write books, yeah. they've got amazing things to share. So, um, Very cool. okay. Yeah. So is there, we were kind of all over the map, which is good because I, I expected we would be and not focus specifically in on all the things that go with all those specific things, but rather kind of approach it from a bigger, bigger sort of access consciousness world and, and Maxwell approach, which is super cool. But is there anything we missed that you need to tell us before we go? Or I'm kind of hoping you'll come on regularly. This has been fun. I would Genius. love to. I would. Oh, I would. so smart. I would love to. And the, I, I guess my parting words are um, two things. Have fun. Take it easy on yourself. Uh, here's, a, here's a question you can, here's a question. What if you could, no, have fun, take it easy, and um, don't like what's judge so, what yourself. If you could, like, yeah. like, like stop judging yourself. If you're a parent and you've listened to this and you go, oh, my God, I haven't done any of this. I'm a terrible parent. The question is, what if you weren't wrong? And then the next question is, if you weren't wrong, what would you be? Oh, that just gave me chills. Right? Cool. Yeah. What if? Oh, I like that. Okay. I'm being quiet. Because if you're listening to this, you're, there's something about it that's drawing you. 
to it. So yeah. how cool is that? Yeah. I love it. All right, Ann Maxwell. It's been joyous. Yeah. You're really super cool. You, you are amazing. I am so, 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 so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth Hamilton. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Erica, right. we owe Erica, thank you. Erica, thank you. Gary, thank you. Dr. Dane, thank you. Ann Maxwell, thank you. Um, Ann Maxwell's <laughs> website is Ann Maxwell. There's three L's in there, csw.com. <laughs> and I will make sure and get that link corrected and put up another link in our communities and so forth on the website and such. So um, we love you all. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. All. Have a great day. Take care. Okay. All right. Take Thanks. care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.